the Stressed Out Caregiver Podcast, Episode 54. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to the Stressed Out Caregiver Podcast, the show dedicated to providing tips and strategies to everyone caring for an elderly loved one. My name is Casey Price, and I am an elder law attorney at the law offices of Price & Price in Haddonfield, New Jersey. We are the elder law firm that focuses on our, we focus our practice on helping families and individuals touched by Alzheimer's disease and other types of dementia. This show exists in an effort to make your job, the job of caring for your elderly loved one, just a little less stressful. And today we're gonna talk a little bit about uh, the last will and testament, because it's a document that everybody um, comes in contact with. It's something everybody talks about. Most people have one, but not everybody really understands what it is, how it works, and what it does. So this episode is an overview of that document. And then we're going to have a lot of episodes in the future that touch on it and talk more about things related to the last will and testament. Um, so let's start today briefly with what is a last will and testament? And the way I describe it to people is that it's the document that says what happens to your stuff after you pass away. That's a pretty simple and straightforward definition. It's important that you understand the last will and testament only comes into effect after you pass away. So you can create the document today, but it has no power over anything until you pass away. What does that mean? That means you can change the document. You can revoke it, create a new one, amend it, do whatever you want to determine what's going to happen to your property after you pass away. You're not stuck with anything. And I tell that to clients all the time. Somebody sitting across from me who's not quite sure what they want to do, I always explain, well, you can make a decision today, and if you decide to change your mind in a year or two or in, in a week or two in or in a day or two or in an hour or two, you can always call and we can modify the document. You can come in and re-sign it and that would revoke the one before and the one you, the most recent document would take control and effect and that is what would govern your estate after you pass away. So it is definitely um, something that you need to understand that it doesn't take effect until you pass away, which makes something really important here. There is something that a lot of people confuse when they're dealing with the last will and testament. Most people think that when they create that last will and testament and appoint somebody to manage their affairs in that document, it gives that person power immediately, much like a power of attorney. But as we've been talking about, a last will and testament doesn't take effect until after somebody passes away, which means it doesn't convey any power over your property or your estate while you're alive. You cannot rely on the last will and testament to empower somebody to act on your behalf while you're alive. So you want to make sure you understand that. And you do need your power of attorney and you do need your living will so that you can 
appoint people to manage your affairs for you while you're alive. So I'm talking about this document. I'm dancing around an idea or an, an issue, right, where you think you, you appointed somebody in this will. Who is this person we're talking about that would be appointed, right? Who is it that I'm referring to? Well, I am talking about the executor. That is the person that you appoint in your will to manage your estate after you pass away. Your executor is the person who's going to collect all of the assets after you pass away, pay your taxes, pay your debts, and ultimately distribute your assets to the person or people who are going to receive them at some point after you've passed away and all of your claims and obligations have been paid and, and, and taken care of. So the executor is the person who receives that power and is in charge of your estate. Now, you can have co-executors, and some people like to do that. That would be appointing two people to act together to manage the estate. In New Jersey, co-executors are, are kind of, it can be tough with co-executors because they have to do everything together. Unlike a power of attorney where you can have co-agents on the power of attorney and they can act either together or separately in a will when you appoint an executor or a co-executor, um, they need to act together. And that can be complicated if people don't live near each other or you know they're, they're working and they're busy and it could be difficult for them to get together to do things um, to when, when things need to be done. So you do want to keep that in mind when you're appointing an executor. If you draft a will and, and you're working with an attorney, that attorney will go through that with you to make sure you understand what it is that would work best for you and your situation when you're trying to figure out who to appoint as your executor. And remember, it's your decision. You're allowed to appoint whoever you want. It could be a child. It could be a spouse. It might not be. It might be somebody else who's a, a more distant relative or somebody who isn't related at all, but who you believe would be the appropriate person to manage your affairs after you pass away. Now, who is it that gets your stuff after you pass away? Well, those are your beneficiaries. And your beneficiaries get a couple or can get a couple of different things. Number one, they could get specific items from you, things that you've identified you want to go to a certain person. I want my watch to go to this person. I want my ring to go to that person. And you can leave those specific items to specific people. And in New Jersey and some other states, uh, you also don't need to include that in the actual will, New Jersey allows people to prepare um, written documents or, or separate documents, I shouldn't necessarily say written, separate documents where you can list uh, who you want to get what, uh, and it doesn't have to be part of your your big formal will. Um, and that that's nice because, you know, when you go to an attorney and the attorney prepares the will, you don't want to have to go back to the attorney for every little change you want to make when it comes to distributing personal property. If you have a watch you want to give to somebody but then you change your mind, you don't want to have to come back to the lawyer and say, hey, I want to change who gets my watch. You're allowed to just create a new written document that you would keep with your will, and that would be able to direct who's going to get your things after you pass away. So again, great tool. Talk to your attorney when you're preparing the will um, for more information about that memo. So your beneficiaries can get those specific items. They also can get what's left over. So you say, I, I give my my entire estate to be divided equally between my two children. So they would each get 50% of the entire estate. You take out whatever it is 
that you're specifically leaving for people and then divide everything else in half and that's what they would get. Um, your house, you could specifically leave it to them. I give my children my house. You could direct that your house be sold and the proceeds divided between them. You could leave the house to one person or somebody or, or another or, or whoever you want to do it, however you want to do it, whoever you want to give it to, however you want to do it. The choice is yours. That's the beauty of this. There is no formula. Every person is allowed to do things the way they want to do them. Now, sometimes you can do things in a way that will lead to complexities after you've passed away. And again, counsel from a good attorney will help you avoid what could be um, things that would increase the cost or aggravation or difficulty of administering your estate after you've passed away. So make sure that you talk to somebody when you're preparing your will to ensure that what you want to have happen will in fact happen and it will be done in a way that is manageable for everybody who's left behind. So that's it. That's the overview of the last will and testament. I hope you found it interesting. I hope you found it helpful. There will be more episodes touching on the last will and testament. So stay tuned for more. And I want to thank you very much again for listening today. Um, Let everybody know about the podcast. It's important information that could be very helpful to people. Send any questions or comments you might have to me, Casey Price at the Stressed Out Care. Oh, hold on, hold on. Send any questions or comments you might have to me, Casey Price. My email address, let's do this right, <laughs> is Casey, C-A-S-E-Y, at thestressedoutcaregiver.com. Casey at thestressedoutcaregiver.com. Remember to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review at iTunes. I would really appreciate it. Once again, and as always, this show is based in New Jersey law. The laws in your state might be different. The content of this show is not intended to be legal advice, but rather information so you can find the help you and your elderly loved one need to provide each of you with the highest quality of life and the least amount of stress. As always, my name, and my music won't work, as always, my name is Casey Price. I am from the Elder Law Firm of Price & Price in Haddonfield, New Jersey, the Elder Law Firm focusing on helping families touched by Alzheimer's disease and other types of dementia. And until I have the privilege of talking to you again, I wish you nothing but the best. We'll be right back. 